in the book of Judges in the Old Testament, we see an example of individuals being raised up by God to lead the children of Israel out of the bondages of the nations of this world. They got into bondage because they tried to co-mingle with the world, often marrying individuals of the world. And those individuals would pull them away from God, and they couldn't wholly follow God. Therefore, God turned them over to the people of the world to rule over them. And sometimes for 18, 20 years, the people of this world would rule over the children of Israel. It's a terrible thing for the world to rule over the church. That's a a shame. But God turned them over to be in this bondage because they wouldn't obey him. And the primary thing they were doing was turning to other gods and being influenced by this world in doing things which worshipped other gods. You think, well, I'd never do that. I'm a Christian. I'm in church. I would never do that. Well, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 that all these things happen to them as examples for us to warn us who are living in the end times. Just recently, a man came to do some work at our house. He visited with us for a few minutes. He began talking about gambling and how wonderful it was in the NFL today that it's open gambling and that you can do open gambling. And then he looked at me and he said, oh, you probably wouldn't want to do that. And I said, no, I don't. A great many years ago, a law firm offered me a free gift of at least $10,000 in legal services. I turned to God and said, what do you want me to do about this? And God reminded me of a section of scripture in Genesis chapter 14, where the king of Sodom offered a gift to Abram. And Abram, Abraham, said to the king of Sodom the following words. Genesis 14, 22. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abram rich. When I read that, I knew God was telling me, turn down this free legal service, which I did. We don't want the world to be our provision. Some people covet after winning a lottery, and they think how wonderful that would be. I don't want that. 
Every time that subject comes up, or the subject of gambling comes up, I remember what Abram said, what Abraham said, that he had lifted up his hand to God, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abram rich. I don't want my riches to come from this world. I don't even want my provision to come from this world. I don't want to gamble. I don't want to increase riches of my own self this way and of schemes that men of the world set up. Over and over I've said that to God for the past 45 years. I want my provision to come from you, from the God who created the heavens and the earth. But this world can rub off on us, and we have to continually turn to God. Otherwise, we're going to be worshiping their gods such as the gambling, such as trying to get more money by schemes, by our own plans. I don't want that. As this man stood here and talked to me, he told me how he had changed from one TV provider to another because he saved some money. And he was so wise in his own eyes, and I could see his pride. And I said, well, I've done that before, but I've just kind of quit doing that. God provides for me to have a TV provider. I don't have to live the way of the world and serve their gods of money. You see how you think you're not doing the things of the world, but is that really true? Are you letting their gods become your god? It's very deceptive. So these things given us in the Old Testament warn us that we may follow God and not be swept away by this world. The book of Judges is one of those instructive books for us today, showing us how easily the children of God could drift away from holy following God and serving God. And we see the same pattern over and over throughout the book of Judges. God will raise up a judge to deliver them from the evil that they've gotten into by commingling with the world and following the gods of this world. And as soon as that judge is dead, they return to following the world and get into bondage again. And over and over, we see them get into bondage, and after years and years of bondage, they finally had enough, and they call out to God for help. And God helps them. He raises up another judge to deliver them. And as long as that judge is living, they can defeat their enemies and get out of bondage. The judge dies, and they fall into bondage again.
And this example is given to us throughout the book of Judges. Let's look at Judges chapter 2. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal and said to the children of Israel, He's speaking from God. I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land, and ye shall throw down their altars. But ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? We don't make league with the people of this world. Most of them will say they're the church, but we see when we go to dinner with them, don't we often see them clicking their glasses together for luck, following some other god? I was shocked when I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, USA, many years ago, to be with my mother and help her after my father died. Some Baptist women were going out to the graveyard on Memorial Day to decorate graves, and I said, Why are you doing this? You are Christians. Why are you doing this pagan act? And what are you trying to show the people who see you do this pagan act? And why are you taking pleasure in this pagan act, which is not authored by God? And one of the women said, Well, it just makes me feel better. I don't want anything that's not authored by God. I'm a Christian. And the Bible, the New Testament Bible, shows us the way of God. And there's one scripture that said God hates those who hang out in graveyards. That's in the Old Testament. Well, certainly it applies to the New Testament. My cousin, who was not a church-going person, and I don't think she was even born again, at the time this happened. Her husband died, and she called me and said, Thurman died, and I was so shocked. And, of course, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And she said, yeah, he had skin cancer, and most people get over skin cancer, but Thurman just died. He just, he just was in bed, and he patted my hand, and he fell asleep. I said, yes, that's what death is according to the Bible. And she said, well, I'm going out to decorate his grave. Now, she's not even a Christian. And I said to her, why are you going out to decorate Thurman's grave? Thurman can't see you. He doesn't even know you are doing this act because he's asleep. She thought about it a minute. She had seen him fall asleep in death. She had been there in the room when Thurman fell asleep. She knew death was falling asleep. That's what Jesus says when he dealt with Lazarus in John 11. Death is simply falling asleep. People who are asleep cannot watch over you. Some Christians even think dead people watch over them. That's God who watches over us. 
They want dead relatives to be honored and take the place of God. And they live in a lie. No, we can't do that. After I had told her, I said, who are you trying to impress? Thurman can't see what you're doing by decorating that grave. So who is it that you're trying to impress? She got very silent for a few seconds. And then she said, well, then it doesn't really matter where we're buried. And I said, that is right. And I think she was born again at that very second by seeing the truth. I think God opened her eyes to the truth, and she was born again. And after that, she died. So this judges where the angel of the Lord is delivering the message to the children of Israel. He says, I told you, don't make a league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars. How? We throw down their altars just like I did with my cousin when I told her, who are you trying to impress? We throw down their altars just like I did with the Baptist women when I said, why are you doing this pagan act of decorating graves like the heathen? What are you saying to these people who look at you? Why are you taking pleasure in a pagan act that is not set up by God? And God even says he hates these people who hang out in graveyards. See, we pull down the altars of this world when we do the things to bring truth. And perhaps God will open their eyes to cause them to be born again when we speak the truth. But we certainly don't let their pagan acts be approved when they try to get us to join them. So they say to you, what do you think about homosexuals? What do you say to them? Well, I really hope you will be reading Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For what really matters is what God says. And we conform our thinking to what God says in the Holy Bible. And therefore, we tell them, well, this is what God says about it. If we see from the Bible that God approves something, we approve it. If we see from the Bible that God speaks against it and shows disapproval, we conform ourselves to the thinking that is presented by God in the Holy Spirit. Bible, the New Testament Bible especially. Romans chapter 1 verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly. 
and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So in the sight of God, what they're doing are vile affections, both lesbians and homosexuals, according to what the Bible says. That's how you present it. You can't just say it's wrong. You present what God says. What does God say about adultery? What does God have to say about fornication? See, you better be prepared to present what God says to those who ask you what you think because it is what God says that we conform our life to. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, to their thinking, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind says Paul, renewing of your mind to the New Testament scriptures. We conform ourselves as Christians to that which God thinks about the subject. It's not what our church teaches or the doctrines of man. It's what God says in the New Testament Bible. And that's what we are prepared to share with anyone who asks us what we think about the subjects of abortion or the subjects of homosexual lesbian or divorce remarriage. That's what we share. And share the pure word of God, for that's where the power is. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not given to all of the children of Israel. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to the prophets, and they had to go to a prophet to find out the will of God. That's not the way it is in the New Testament. In the New Testament, God gives the Holy Spirit to each person who is born again. We read that several times in the New Testament Bible. One of the places is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. The Apostle Paul says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? We are the church. We individuals who are born again and have been given the Spirit of God are the church. One time I attended a luncheon at Texas Tech University in a, oh, it was in a building downtown that was about six stories high, and we were sitting at a table that overlooked the street outside. A woman at our table looked out the window and pointed to the first Methodist church building downtown. And she said, that's our church. And I said, we are the church. 
And she looked shocked. And she became angry. And she said, I'm not a church. That's the church. And pointed again to the building outside just off Main Street. And I said again, we are the church. And she was just furious with me. And the people at the table were just looking at both of us. I didn't say any more. We who are born again are the temple of God. And the Spirit of God dwells in us. And the Spirit of God is there to show us the will of God as we live on this earth. He brings to our memory scriptures that show us what to do or what not to do. He guides us into all truth, teaches us all things, reminds us of everything Jesus has said, and shows us things to come. That's in two sections of scripture, John chapter 14, verse 26, John chapter 16, verse 13. And in 1 Corinthians 2, we read that the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the things God has given to us who belong to him. But it also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, but the natural man, the one who doesn't have the Spirit of God, he can't see the things of God, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned, and he considers their foolishness. Many people in the churches are that way. They put themselves in the church by going forward and being baptized at church without being called by God or having their eyes opened by God and having God reveal himself to them. And they are like this woman that was at that table saying that the building is the church. See, there's a vast majority of people in church groups who think the building is their church. And they tell other people about the place they go to church. And Jesus said in John chapter 4, The time cometh and now is when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit, and he looks for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. If you can see it with your natural eye, it is not a spirit. If you can see a First Methodist church building standing on the side of the street, if you can see it, that's with the natural eye. That's not the Spirit of God. So these are things you have to straighten up in your thinking and share with other people when they try to show you their God, which is something other than what the Bible says. Well, the book of Judges, they were always following into this trap of doing the things that the nations of men did and wanting to do the things that other people did and wanting to be approved 
by the other people. When God had told them, don't make a league with the inhabitants of this land, throw down their altars, they didn't do that. And therefore, the gods of this world became as thorns in their sides and as pricks in their eyes and became a snare unto them. And then they couldn't fight down their enemies because they did not wholly follow God. So God would raise up a judge after they cried out for help. God would raise up a judge to help them. But then as soon as the judge died, they would fall right back into the same sin. And then God would raise up another judge after they called out for help. And that's a pattern in the Old Testament. And that's the whole story of the book of Judges. Are all of these individual judges that are raised up by God as examples for us to see the sins the people of the children of Israel continued to do so that we wouldn't do those things. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, these are examples for us. All these Old Testament things are examples for us in the New Testament to warn us. They're great teachings. We cannot overcome the world if we're going to try to be a friend to the world. James chapter 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of this world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You just can't do it. Light and darkness cannot coexist. So God says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. That is in Second Corinthians chapter 6. What fellowship hath light with darkness? And if you're around darkness, and they speak darkness, which they will do, you must speak light of the scriptures. God might open their eyes to see, or they may turn away from you. But you basically deliver yourself from their gods. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.